How in the world do I talk effectively with kids of this generation? That is something that almost every coach in the country is asking. Today on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast, we enlist the help of an expert who can help answer that question for coaches. It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, Weekend Bigfoot Hunter and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. All right, Coach, here's something amazing. You want to hear something really interesting. There are estimates that have been done by researchers in advertising that we as a culture, this includes your recruiting, it includes you and I, we in our culture are now exposed to slightly more than 5,000 advertising messages per day. In our daily life, we are taking in about 5,000 thousand ads. That's everything we see online, around us, laying around in a magazine that uh, that we might come across, driving, listening to the radio, TV, everything combined, 5,000 advertising messages a day. And at the center of this, that is why we wanted to, to dive into this topic now uh, on the College Recruiting Weekly podcast, and we're glad you joined us. We wanted to focus on communication and how best to do that, how to be effective at it, what athletes and students today are looking for in the advertising that you do, that you give them, what is the best way to approach that? What are the mistakes that coaches are making? That's what we're going to dive into deep today because it's important. And and really the challenge is how do you as a coach, with 5,000 ads being beamed at your teenage recruit every single day, how do you as a recruiter get your message through? Our guest today has some fantastic advice as an expert in the field, as a uh, collegiate uh, instructor in the field. Uh, you're going to get some great advice, and I'm really excited to uh, to, to talk uh, with him and have you uh, come away with the direction that you need to create that effective communication uh, plan. You know, one of the things that uh, we'll talk about with him, the, the guest I'm mentioning is Tom Kohler, and he is a, an athletic director and also a professor at Buffalo State University. And we'll get to his interview here in just a second. What, what really drew me to him as one of my go-to experts was he was one of the speakers at the 2016 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference uh, that we held last summer. And he came in and absolutely wowed the coaches that were there. That was one of the speakers that probably got the most feedback and most interest afterwards because the the principles that he laid out were, were so good and so thorough, and it was done in such an entertaining way way that he was impossible not to listen to. And I think you're going to find the same thing today. Uh, The good news is Tom is going to also present at the 2017 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. And that is my uh, something that I wanted to, to plug here before we get into the interview. Coach, if you're listening to this, you need to be at this conference. We're holding it on the campus of Duke University adjacent to Cameron Indoor Stadium. 
next to their Hall of Champions, a very historic place if you're a college athlete uh, and if you're a college coach. This is one of these iconic collegiate spaces that you have to visit once in your life. We're giving you the opportunity to do that, along with spending three days of incredible instruction, uh, incredible speakers, and your fellow coaches that are coming in to the 2017 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference and telling you how they do it. And we're bringing you the best of the best of, of college thinkers that will come in and lay out strategies that they've used that uh, that you can use. And if you want to term it stealing their ideas, that's okay because we have we have set this up so that you are uh, you're there to take home information. So if you go to our website dantutor.com uh, conferences, then you can uh, you can see that. Just look for the conferences tab at dantutor.com and make sure you sign up because it is something that is going to be fantastic. It's one of the best learning resources that you can uh, in, invest for yourself over the next year. It's going to change the way that you recruit. It's going to change the way that you communicate. And that kind of leads us into our guest today and this whole topic of effectively communicating with today's recruits. All right, our guest today on The Big Show is Tom Kohler, and he is the Associate Athletic Director of External Affairs at Buffalo State College. He also teaches classes at the university on communication. Verbal communication especially is something that he really puts a focus on because with this generation of of student-athlete and student in general, they have not gotten a lot of training on how to properly verbally communicate. And so his classes teach that. And he is has become an expert in the field in the uh, in the, the topic of of communicating effectively. We wanted to bring him on because as I mentioned a moment ago, he was one of the speakers at our National Collegiate Recruiting Conference that really gave coaches things that they could immediately use and it was memorable in the way that he presented it and some of the ways that he presents. And you'll hear this in a moment. One of the things that he does very effectively in the way that he communicates is he uses every tool available to him. What he says from a language standpoint, how he says it, his voice inflection, the energy, everything comes in this whole package. And so you really do get a complete communication uh, uh, presentation from him. He wants coaches to do the same thing when they're communicating with recruits. That's why we wanted him on, because as we talk to coaches and as we work with them around the country, one of the things that we're finding is there hasn't been a lot of development among coaches in the way that they communicate their ideas to prospects, their peers, and people around them. It's just something that's not taught a lot. And so you have people and coaches that are probably would define themselves as natural salespeople or natural communicators. And on the flip side of that, you have more coaches that would say, you know what, I'm just not a natural salesperson, or I'm not that good on the phone. I'm not that good in person. So we wanted to bring in an expert, and, and Tom is filling that role today for us uh, in, in in developing a better way to approach 
the way that you communicate verbally with your recruits. Because one thing that he will make the case for in the interview that we've done with him is that at some point in the recruiting process, it's going to come down to how you verbally communicate with that prospect during the process that will lead them to either decide to compete for you or to compete with a competitor. So with that, we started the interview with Tom, uh, who, by the way, will work with coaches, work with programs, work with universities on helping to train their staffs how to recruit more effectively. And we'll give his contact information in the show notes of this uh, of this podcast. So if you're interested after hearing him uh, in, in getting with him and seeing if he can help do some one-on-one work with you or your staff, he would love to. He does that all around the country. Uh, but we started off this conversation with Tom with the very simple question, what do coaches need to know at the start as a basic foundation of verbal communication? What do coaches need to know in order to be effective in communicating with this generation of student athlete? Well, I think one of the things that coaches have to remember when they go into a house or maybe a school in terms of recruiting is they know their stuff. They know what they want to say. They know their X's and O's. Now it's a matter of understanding the tools of verbal communication. And sometimes they seem to clam up, if that's a good word, they tighten up. One, understanding who you're talking to and B, understanding how they can relate to what you want to talk to them about. I'm assuming a coach is gonna go in and talk to a 17, 18 year old. Well, you have to understand how 17 and 18 year olds communicate and not only how they communicate, but how they listen to communication. Uh, are you making it entertaining for them? Uh, you know, three things to good communication, inform, persuade, and entertain. And I always tell my students, boy, if you could put all three of those together in a, let's say it's my class, a four or five minute presentation, you're going to get an A. And if you're going to do two of those, you're going to probably get a B. Now, relate that to a coach going into a house to talk to mom or dad or to talk to the student athlete. Boy, if you could do all three of those, boy, that recruit's going to perk up and listen to you as well as the parents. Uh, And so it's important, A, to be yourself, great personality, and B, have some great energy. Everything else in text, in terms of what you're trying to relate to them, whether it's basketball, football, volleyball, hockey, you know that. You are knowledgeable of your craft. So that checks off one of the uh, confidence builders. You should have confidence knowing what you're talking about. So sometimes I think, to get back to the, the question, I think sometimes coaches, even communicators, they seem to clam up. They, they don't want to be themselves. And frankly, if they study it, they'll understand that there's no reason for me to do that, that somebody wants to hear from me or else they wouldn't have invited me into the house or as you and I were talking about, Dan, today, we wouldn't have gone to church because we didn't want to hear the priest. Well, no, we wanted to hear the priest, so talk to us. We're here now, perform, inform, persuade, and entertain. Okay, and so all great points, and I can hear a coach or maybe get a feeling for what a coach is thinking at this point when he or she listens to what you just said, Right. and they say, wow, okay, Tom's nailed it. That's exactly <laughs> where I'm at. I don't... I don't do this. I don't do that. But how do I do that? What? Well, so, for instance, I mean, you had talked about 
bring the energy and bring the uh, the interest. And I can hear a lot of coaches say, you know what, I'm not that interesting, or I don't know what these kids want to be, you know, with a with a coach that's talking to them. What are they looking for? Well, if let, let's just let's just take this as a as an example. Sure. Uh, a coach going a basketball coach going into a recruit recruit's house or even a high school. If the excuse me, if the recruit didn't want to talk to the coach, there they would say so. No, I don't want to talk to you, Coach Kohler. Uh, I'm not interested in X school. But there's there there is a yes. I I would like to hear about your school and your program. So if I'm coach, I'm thinking. Great. I've got I've got an interested audience immediately. B, I know my material. I know what I want to talk. I want to talk to them about our program, about our winning program. Or if it's a losing program, I want to talk to them about how how Johnny can be the the cornerstone of us getting back to the conference championship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I always relate this in my classes and my consulting to, you know, if this is really important to you, coach. And I think as I talk to coaches and our coaches, especially at Buffalo State, it's important to them whether they want to win at Buffalo State and then move on. We're a Division Three program. Maybe they want a stepping stone to Division Two, II, Division One, or they're at Division One, maybe a lower level Division One, want to move up to the big boys. It's important to them, or else they wouldn't be in the profession, right? So if it's important to you, put the time and effort into the communication process. You know, you know what you want to talk to them about. Now you have to, as I say, you know, your knowledge is just pasta. Without without the verbal communication tools, it's pasta without the sauce, right? The sauce <laughs> makes the pasta. When you go into somebody's house, you're, you're not just going to sit on the couch and just talk like this in a monotone. You're going to sell it. It's just like going into a big sales pitch, right? And I've got this $5 million company I want to sell this to. Well, goodness gracious, you know what you're trying to sell. Now, how are you going about selling it? And there are great tools along the way. And in order to use those tools, you can't just read about it in a book and then do it. This takes time. It takes practice. It takes effort. Uh, This podcast, for example, I know my stuff. I think I know my stuff. I've been doing this for 15, 20 years. And yet I have four pages in front of me that have notes that I want to discuss with you, Dan. And I have practiced it. Why? Because this is important to me. It's important to my fledgling company. It's important to coaches out there. So if it's if it's important to me, I'm going to practice it. I'm going to work at it. And the coaches should be the same way. And so. and so again, agree completely. And I think a coach listening to you would say, absolutely. <laughs> I'll come back again. And I'm just speaking on behalf of coaches who I talk to all the time. Okay. And what they're going to say is, well, it, you know, it's easy if they're on my campus. I feel like I'm at home and I know my stuff and I can give them the tour and I've got that down. Put me on the phone with somebody and I have to try to drag a conversation out of them. Or in the situation, Tom, that you just brought up, I'm in their house and now what do I talk about? Maybe I, let's as a starting point, and, and and again, keeping in mind, I think that there's a lot of coaches who I think feel like they've never been trained in the same right. way that you and I have with a background in media, background in, in marketing, communications, writing. They feel like I just don't know how to talk or I hate talking on the phone or the idea of going into a recruit's house. That's just boy, that is an away game you know, if there ever was one for me. <laughs> so maybe give me or for the coach, maybe at the very beginning of this process, their second or third year into their 
into their um, coaching career. They haven't been asked to recruit a lot, but now that's starting to happen. What are the first three things that you would say as a basic uh, model and foundation that they could develop or start doing or the, the to-do list, I guess, that, that Tom Kohler would, would set up and, and say, look, start with doing this. What would that be? Three things. I, th- I think I, if I would say, A, be yourself. Two, understand what you are, quote unquote, selling, whether it be your program or your school. And C, understand the audience. Let's go back to number one first, because I, I, I just, even with, even with uh, corporate folks that I go in and have seminars with, and then they have to get up at the end of the seminar and do a five-minute presentation on a subject that they know. They seem to tighten up in front of three, four, 10, 15 people. Whereas if you were just to chat with them, just to chat like you and I are doing right, right. now, man, right. they would be very at ease, very at ease. And I am still trying to figure out that whole process as to why people tighten up because they don't, it has to be for lack of confidence, but it shouldn't be because they have great experience of what they're doing. They have great knowledge of what they're well, mostly have great experience and great knowledge, and they now know their audience. So I think, I think if, if, if coaches can go in and simply know their material, okay, what are, the, what are the five or six points you want to tell this recruit or mom and dad, and then be yourself. Now, there are other tools to use there because you're in a five to ten minute selling point that you're going to probably be a little bit more energetic in terms of what you're trying to bring across than you normally would. But those, those are the three points I, I, I would stress. A, be yourself, understand your audience, and certainly understand what you're trying to get across. Make your points. Let, let me bring up something, something else, Tom, and that was a great starting point advice. And let me jump over onto the prospect side because – I guess the other part of this is coaches today are running into a lot of kids who simply either don't know how to or don't want to talk on the phone or even talking in person gets very, very, uh, very difficult. And we actually just published um, a uh, an article on the sort of the science and the logic from the recruits perspective of why talking on the phone or talking in person doesn't make a lot of sense It just if they haven't grown up with it. So what, what would your advice be to the coach who is talkative, is comfortable with what they're selling, is, has no problem communicating, but now there's that, that issue of trying to get a kid to open up to them and feel comfortable talking. And I mean, you teach classes, so it's not like Correct. we're talking theoretical here. You're, no. you're, you're you know, boots on the ground, you know, your sleeves are rolled up, and you're doing the same thing that coaches are doing in your classes you are teaching kids how to communicate. Just maybe big picture, what are your observations with with this generation? And, mm-hmm. and how have you gotten them to open up in your class to feel comfortable talking and communicating ideas to you? Because I think coaches yeah. would love to know what, what you have done or what your recommendations well, are. Well, I, th- I think that's a great analogy, Dan. And, and, and not being a coach and not going having to go and, and to face this text generation that might not want to talk to you. The classroom is, is, is a good setting because you walk into the classroom and I teach in front of 25 students. And when I walk in, 23 of them are on their phone doing their texting even at right, 8 o'clock, right? right? So obviously the phones go down for, for that. But 
What's interesting about this generation is that while they text a lot, this is this is just one man's opinion. I haven't written a book. I haven't right. done any studies on this, etc. But when I walk in, and I'm going to brag a little bit, okay? So absolutely, allow me to You're brag. Every, oh, allow me to brag, everybody. Well, when I walk in, I immediately create entertainment, and I immediately engage my audience. I don't go to a desk. I don't shuffle papers. I don't look around. I don't take attendance. I walk in immediately and say something that would attract their attention. Meaning, you know, did you happen to see the Sabre game last night? Or what about Trump's speech? Did you happen to watch that? Or immediately, something on their wavelength that might right. get them, whether it's a snowstorm or this and that, and boom. Now I've got, I've immediately got their attention. And perfectly honest with you, after they, are, they, they need to do three speeches in my class. By the time the third speech comes, it's amazing, absolutely amazing, the progress, the progress, I'm in Canada, the progress they make from speech number one all the way to speech number three because they get it. They understand what good communication, the tools of good communication and how when they're up in front of 25 people, that first speech, they're nervous, they're, they're looking out and going, nobody, nobody really cares about this, etc. And yet they do. Right. Studies will tell you that. And on the third speech, they get it. They're into their speech. The audience is into them. They're, they're feeling that, what I call big mo momentum on their side. I would suspect that a good verbal communicator would be able to get in somebody's... It's, it, I don't know how you do that, perfectly honest with you, the text world. But once, once you're in that house, once you're in that school... You'll be amazed at if you use the tools of good verbal communication, how interested your student athlete will be. So you had mentioned you sort of set up that scenario with the way that you capture their attention mm -hmm. and command their attention and get them to mm -hmm. open up and communicate right away in a classroom. Of course, a coach is not going to have that classroom opportunity. Uh, right. So how would you translate that from that concept and that methodology that you just outlined? But now put it into a letter, an email, a text message, uh, social media. What would your recommendations be for coaches to, to kind of translate the what you just said into something that would be more of a, of a, a medium that they would most likely be using with a prospect? Well, I'm going to stick to the voice, okay, because that's All what right. I'm best at, is, and that's, that's what I'm teaching here. But you, the, the voice, well, yeah, okay, voicemail, so, the voicemail. Okay, let's let's just right. say somebody answers, you know, a student athlete's got his phone and he sees uh, up pops up a phone number he's not used to. He's just going to let that ring and take the voicemail, whatever. He, so now the coach has the voicemail. It beeps. If I'm that coach, first thing I'm talking about is something that engages that student athlete. Wow. Saw you. Jim, saw that game against uh, St. Andrews. That was incredible. I, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Heard you had a... Something that immediate, not like, hey, Jim, it's uh, Coach, uh, Coach Kohler from Buffalo State talking. Want to know if I could get a hold of you. Immediately start with something that engages that audience, meaning that student athlete, that will make him or her go, huh, he knew about that. That's, you know, a teenager likes to be talked about in a good way. Wow, he knew about that. That's great. I want to, yeah. And you've got them. Now, now that you've got them, tell your message. Can I give you? Give me a text me back when I can give you a call. What's good for you? Thanks. Look, look forward to hearing from you. And something simple and sweet. This generation is not one to sit around right. and, and listen for two, three, four minutes. They'll want right. to hear all that. 
Okay, so and again, I'm 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 you're actually bringing up something because you talked about last year at the, or the 2016 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference that you spoke at. You talked about this concept, like in leaving a voicemail or using your voice. And as you just talked about it now, I remember sitting and listening to you at our conference and thinking, wow, okay, this would be really interesting to explore with Tom. That voice, and I'm using that in quotes, your voice yes. on the phone now becomes your voice in a letter, in a voicemail, in a text right. message. So you're bringing this up again. This is fantastic. So what is the, the, the application for or the concept of establishing and creating a voice in writing? <laughs> well, you and I are old scribes, correct? I mean, yeah. news, newspaper men, and I, and I still write. I do a lot of writing at Buffalo State. And I guess, I guess I would transfer that immediately to writing in, in the sense of I don't when I write, I don't I don't use intro, the old fashioned introductory right. Uh, paragraph, yeah. right? The welcoming paragraph. I get right to the point. Right. And, and, and if I was a coach understanding this generation that, you know, while they may have a lot of time, time is of the essence to them, meaning right. they do so many things so quickly now with these phones right. and this and that. So you've got to get right to the point and you've got to make it entertaining and you've got to relate to them, to not to you. You're not writing for yourself. You're writing to them for them to get a result for you, meaning I want to talk to you. How can I? That's the end result for you. But you've kind of got to get your 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 yourself out of the way and understand who your audience is and communicate to that audience through the means that will that will bring them into your message. And it's the same, it's the same thing verbally, absolutely the same thing verbally. You want to immediately bring them to you to build up that, that confidence that they have. And they're kind of like sitting at the edge of their table at their edge of their chair and they're going, wow, I want to hear more about this. This is is really cool. I want to hear more from this guy or gal. So you you talked about being more direct, more immediate with Mm -hmm. the type of language that you use. One of the things that we get asked, you know, hey, how do I improve an email or my letters that I send out to a recruit to get a better response? And, uh, you know, kind of along the same lines that you just mentioned, one of the things that that I typically tell coaches is the easiest, fastest thing to do is to eliminate whatever your first paragraph is right now. And (laughs) just get rid of it and just jump to the second because – we often use that first paragraph in the way that many of us coaches grew up learning to write. You have that mm-hmm. introductory paragraph, mm-hmm. that salutation paragraph, and then you get to the, the meat Bingo. of it. And now today, you know, with text messaging, you don't mess around. You just right. get to the point. And so it seems like their brains are almost wired for Correct. just jumping in and being direct in the same way that you walk into the class, don't take attendance, you don't greet them, you just jump right into, hey, did you see this? Or Sure. And you get them in. Uh, well, you hit it on the button too. I mean, that's the way we were taught, right? I, I mean, right. I'm, 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 <laughs> right. I'm going to be 59 in September, and and I can remember the introductory paragraph. Well, that introductory paragraph is out the window right now, uh, and it's the same way in verbal communication. If, if you were to sit through one of my consulting or classes, and and I allow I allow my students on on speech number one to say something to the point of. Um, uh, rhetorical question. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be on the beaches of the Bahamas during a winter in Buffalo? And I kind of allow them to do that. But you know something, Dan? That takes zero creativity. You could give me a subject, and I teach this in class and in my seminars. You can give me a subject, and within two seconds, I would have an introductory 
paragraph or whatever in my speech communication to you. No, what you want to do is, as you said, get rid of that introductory paragraph and immediately begin with something that will create some momentum for you, some confidence for you, and, and have that student athlete, as I said before, or your audience, depending on who you're talking to, maybe a coach is doing a, a seminar in front of other coaches, et cetera, et cetera. You want that audience to kind of get on the edge of their seats and go, what is this all about? I want to hear more. Because as soon as, you, as, soon as they ask that, you have them. Now you have to carry that through the body of what I would consider the speech or the presentation in someone's house or school. Okay, I've got them. They're right. interested. Bingo. Now my message. Now you use the tools of great verbal communication, whether that's voice inflection, power of pause and pitch and volume and repetition, all these things that you practice because, hey, this is a kid I want on my basketball team. This is right. a gal. She's a blue chipper. I need her on my team. She could take us to the tournament. And ultimately, isn't that what coaches are thinking of? They're sure. thinking of, I mean, let's be selfish. They're thinking about, okay, let's move on to the next school where I can make a little bit more money. That's fine. That's America, right? Or maybe they're thinking, I'm at the school I want. I love it here in this town. I want to win a conference championship. I want to get to the NCAAs. I want to win it national. And so if you're that committed to it, then you're going to practice. To me, you should practice the routine of presenting at a house or a school to a student athlete. And those right. are the tools. Those are the tools where if you were to watch my seminar at, at your fabulous conference, every one of my presentations, whether it's in class, whether it's at your conference, Dan, whether it's a consulting that I'm doing with a company in Buffalo, every one of my presentations is what I teach. I do what I teach. I use my voice. I use my body. I, 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 you know, those are the things that I do in my presentation and people walk away thank, and thank, thankfully saying, wow, that was, that was really cool. I really learned a lot. He was, he was good. Why was I good? Well, I was good because I entertained, I persuaded, I taught them something and I informed them over, right. uh, whether it's a five minute period or a 30 minute period. So you, you brought up something and I, I want to jump into. And I'm doing I, them right yeah. now, by the way. Dave. Oh yeah. I, no, no. I'm and, using them right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you used it you used it at the conference and that's why I think you were one of the the best speakers from the 2016 event and I know that uh, the 2017 event it's going to be the same. It's it, it'll be the same. So you you brought up in my mind two different areas and I'm going to take one at a time. The first being uh, you just gave recommendations you know to practice and to use your voice inflection and to yes. use your body and your energy and everything and I can hear coaches Say, you know what? That's not me. I want to. I want the kid to know. You know, I, I don't want to be fake. I don't no. want to be. And and I think there's. You know, that's good for them. That's. Yep. I'm. I'm glad of that. But can you just speak to the need for the not entertainment value, but that there there is a presentation no element question. to to when you you know communicate certainly by voice but also in your writing and right. and it might not be the way that you talk as a coach or that you talk to your family when you're at home so how would you get a coach past that apprehensive feeling like ah, i don't want to do that because now i'm being sort of cheesy and salesy and well first of all I, I, and i hear you loud and clear first of all i would say that most coaches aren't are aren't like that. They don't need, they're not stale in person. They, right. if, if you were just to have a conversation. But with they them, think they are. They, they think, think they, they are. are. And it gets back to just be yourself, just be yourself. And then practice some of the tools that makes for persuasive communication. That's not, that's not being fake. That's just using the tools that you already have inside you 
but now you have to use them, okay? I mean, let's be honest. If you're in coaching, if you're in collegiate coaching or high school, the way the competitive world right now, it's all about winning. And it's all about getting the best out of your student-athletes or getting a student-athlete to commit to your school, etc. I mean, in, it, you're in sales. We're all in sales in one way or another. Somebody's in sales, again, goes out and does a million-dollar presentation to buy widgets from this company globally. Uh, what's he in that business for? He's in that business probably to make a nice commission and to keep moving up the ladder. So when he goes and makes that sales pitch, I mean, he's not going to be stale. He, he's not going to be – he's going to be entertaining. He's, right. going, he's going to inform, and he's going to try to persuade that company to buy his widgets. Uh, it's as simple as that. And so, yes, I understand the don't want to be fake, but you don't have to be. You just need to bring out the tools that are already inside you. It's, I, always, I always relate this in, in my class to acting. And even radio talk show hosts or whomever. I mean, actors and actresses, they are simply words on paper. They're simply words on paper, the script, right? You could look at a script and anyone can read the script. So what makes Jack Nicholson so good? Because he takes those words and brings them to life. Right. That's, that's his job. So what I hear your you saying, Your job as Tom? a coach is to maybe get that coach and bring your words to life to make him go, right. wow, this is somebody I think I'd like to play for. So what I hear you saying is that if a coach is sitting there thinking what I described, tough luck, you really don't have a choice. This is what this generation demands if you want their attention. Fair, fair enough? I think, I think that's fair, but I don't know if it's it, – maybe I'm not making my tough luck tough – luck. I'm not sure about that okay. because I truly I may have gone believe – I have I, – no, I, I haven't met a lot of real boring people in my life. I've met – most of the people that I surround myself with, friends – they got great personalities, but what, what seems to happen in, in at least a public presentation setting is that personality, for some reason, gets shuttered when they meet somebody new or something important is on the line. Maybe it's going into the coach's home or this and that, and they seem to tighten up. I see that in class. I see that again. I, I refer back to my consulting with with companies that these are mid to major level executives that I have do five minute presentations in front of their peers. And it's like, what happened to your personality? It's no different. You just come up and tell me and show me your personality. But when they get into in front of an audience, they seem to tighten up. And, and it's it's a it's something that I've got to read up more because I'm not quite understanding why. I think I have the answers to it, but I'm not quite understanding why. So I, I think coaches, if they're if they're just themselves and understand who they're talking to, I think that takes care of a lot of the worries that they have going into the house or the school. Right. All right. So let's we we've spent the first what twenty minutes or so really talking about kind of attracting the attention, grabbing the attention, and kind of commanding their attention through the presence that you give, either live and in person or on the phone or or in writing. Let's let's jump ahead in the recruiting process because I want to keep this focused on coaches and and their challenge of communicating the longer on, on the longer term with their athletes. And I think that's where some of the biggest questions that we get in our work revolve around is when it is five weeks later after they first <laughs> made contact or five right. months later. Dan, what do I talk about? I'm just I'm done, and the kids are getting bored, and I feel like I've already asked 
everything that I know, and now they're not returning my voicemails. So is there an element, or, or maybe I'll back up, in your principles that you just outlined, what would a coach take away or apply to that longer-term communication where they have to, you know, five months, you know, at the end of five months, be just as interesting, really, as they were at the end of that first conversation? What What would your advice be to them in terms of creating that strategic approach to a, a long-term communication plan? Well, I, it... it in my opinion, people love talking about themselves. And when it gets to the point, always know, I think I think good coaches always know what's happening with that person, with that person's family, on the court, on the ice, on the soccer field, etc. So I would always, two months, three months down the road, I would always be talking about them. And to begin with, and then understand that they also probably want to hear about your program. But especially team love 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 that people are talking about he knows about uh, what we're doing uh talk to the coach understand what they're doing in the off season and then immediately start hey how's the how's the i understand you're doing conditioning this and that so always understanding the audience and always understanding what's going on in their lives and then when they want to talk about your life then you can talk to them about you know what's happening in your program etc cetera, etc cetera. but i'm a big believer in you know talking to the audience and about what's going on in their life. That's if, you know, if I was coaching, that's what I would be. I would always be centered in on what's happening with the student athlete's life right now, whether it's on the court or off the court. So the basic principle to remember then, if I'm hearing you, Tom, is uh, make it about them and not you. And in your communication, the one thing that we know is that they will always want to talk about and continue talking about themselves uh, rather than uh, you talking about what you have and what you're uh, what, what you're what you're offering. Um, yeah, I, I'm just curious too. And again, you've been around coaches and athletes a lot of your life, and I'm wondering if you see some of the biggest mistakes that coaches make, or that you have uh, heard about or witnessed coaches doing things that were wrong. That you you know after hearing about it or, or witnessing it, you just think, ooh, that was really bad the way that you did that. What would be some of the biggest mistakes that you would kind of outline that maybe coaches could review and say, okay, am I doing this? Oh, good. No, I'm not. Am I doing this, this? What kind of a checklist would you would you give to a coach uh, in, in kind of along those lines of, of what here's what to avoid or here's the mistakes that I've seen coaches make in, in my work? Energy. In, in one word, it would be okay. energy. Lack I, of? Lack yes, of energy? absolutely okay. lack of energy. Um, I am privy to, and I have been, whether I was at the other school or this school, student-athletes and their parents walking with coach, and there's not a lot of energy there and excitement mm-hmm. and wanting, and, you know, we've got one shot at bringing them in. So how are we approaching this from not only – you know, the visit itself, but how are we approaching this as we speak to them? See, I'm, I'm a verbal communicator. And so when I hear monotone and when I look at a student athlete who doesn't seem to be interested, why is that person not in? Well, probably the person's not interested because the person leading the tour is not interesting. Right. And to be interesting, remember who you're talking to again. These are 17, 18-year-olds have to be entertaining, have to understand what makes them tick instead of, you know, here's the, here's the gymnasium and this is, 
This is our auxiliary gym where we sometimes have practice. There are ways of making that interesting with your voice, with examples uh, that can keep them interested in what you're presenting to them and your school. And even if you were to make sure that your assistants, so if you were to say, okay, I'm going to give you now to uh, Coach Smith, who's going to take you across campus and he's going to show you, you better make sure Coach Smith understands the communication tools as well. So when they walk all the way across campus to see the library or the brand new cafeteria, that he's talking the talk in a way that not only informs and persuades, because we are recruiting here, right? but also entertains. And again, you put all three of those together, you've got an A. And in in terms of recruiting, you may have a student athlete that you want. So your whole program, all the coaching staff has to to understand that, hey guys, this is, we're salespeople here. We want this person here. We've got to to not only know our stuff, but we also have to explain it in a way that creates an interest when they're done, right? I mean, to me, Great communication, at the end of great communication, two things happen. One, your message is retained, and B, you're retained, okay? Especially in this, what we're talking about here, student-athletes. Boy, you want them to retain your message when they leave University X. And you want to make sure that they remember you, head coach X, because of maybe what you said or how you said it. That, to me, is critical. And they will remember that. If you bring those three, three forces together, inform, persuade, and entertain. Um, a couple more topics I wanted to touch on before uh, this ends, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of speak on behalf of coaches that one element of communication that happens in an ongoing conversation is that eventually there's going to be an objection that they encounter, um, which I think a lot of coaches then, from a communication standpoint, feel like oh, they don't like me anymore and I'm going to shut down or I'm going to avoid a topic or I'm going to not, uh, you know, I'm just going to sort of give up or I, I oh, we're going to lose this one. Um, and, you know, listen, you work at Buffalo State. We have a couple of clients at Buffalo State. Yes. And so, you know, Buffalo State, I have been doing the research to help those clients with their uh, with their recruiting messaging has a lot to offer and it really is sort of this hidden gem in New York that that really has some great programs and some you know the, the education is laid out really well and and really strong athletics as well and then it also like every other school has objections and you know so so you can probably speak a little bit to you know kind of how you know how you would see those coaches there handling it but I guess again the bigger question is, when an objection occurs, what kind of philosophical approach or communication approach should a coach take or a coach have in responding to that objection? Again, it's getting it's getting back to understanding, um, knowing what you're selling and all the possible questions that could come off that. I mean, let's take Buffalo State, for example. Um, coaches understand maybe some of the... Um, negatives that could come from a student athlete or a coach from or a or parent around Buffalo State, whether it's a city campus or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But it's like a good lawyer. I mean, you don't ask a question unless you know what the answer is going to be. And, and you don't go into recruiting unless you know what the possible questions and objectives could be to maybe your program, to maybe your school, to maybe uh, 
the community around your school, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, you've got to know your stuff. I mean, and if you don't know your stuff and have an immediate answer to almost every single issue that could pop up, that's on you. I mean, I can't tell you how to say it back to the back to the recruit. You've got to know what that answer is right. or else you better find that answer. You know, okay? and, and, and Tom, real, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll jump in just because I'm going to lose this thought if I don't jump in and, and talk to you about it. But what I find, and let me know if you think this is correct, is that I mean, when somebody brings up an objection, one of the things that we have sort of taught coaches as a philosophical way to approach it is that they're bringing up the objection to you because really they're looking for the answer. It's not like they're saying, uh, boy, your, your campus, you know, I thought it was going to be a lot bigger or, right. or, or whatever the objection or, or you know, sort of dig is. If they bring that up to a coach, I'm telling coaches, that means they want an answer. If they weren't if they weren't interested in Buffalo State or you know, you know, whatever university or college that they were looking at, I, as I know this generation, they're just not going to say anything because why do I want to pick a fight with a coach if it's a place I'm not interested in? I think that they they pick the fight, so to speak, because they are interested. And so would it be fair to say that that they are almost looking for how you as the coach answers that question, answers the objection, and, and sort of the tone and the body language that you take? Like, for instance, if it's, you know, I don't like, you know, X about your campus. And if the coach says, yeah, I know it's, you know, I wish it was better or, you know, it's not as good as so-and-so you're right. Mm -hmm. Then you've just validated that objection. So, so what would you teach coaches to do maybe, or I guess you agree with that overall philosophy and and what's the practical approach that you would recommend? Well, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that, I think that's a, a great observation on your point. On your part, and and I would I would counter those type of negativities with a positive, and and I would never agree with a negative. I would never say, yeah, you know, you're right. The security around here isn't that good. Now, for every negative and statistic, and again, you're not lying, you're not faking it, but come back with a positive to refute whatever negative. You know, if a, if, if someone's talking about, oh, your class sizes, you know, there's. Uh, I, I had heard that they're really big class sizes. Well, no, not really. At Buffalo State, it's 16 to 1 most classes. And, and I don't know where you heard that from, but I'd be happy to supply you with statistics on that and et cetera, et cetera. So, again, you have to – you should know what type of questions are coming, like a good press conference. You know, you right. kind of know what's coming, so let's get ready for it. And, I mean, the recruiting has been going on for years and years and years and years and years. Most of the questions are the same questions over and over and over again. Uh, you only have them for X amount of time. So by now, even if you're a rookie coach, you should have done your homework. You should talk to fellow coaches at that school, wherever. I go, what are the negatives? What could I be anticipating here from some of the recruits? Because this is my first time here in the Midwest. You know, I've never been in Chicago. What, you know, what, what are you facing here that I can prepare for? Again, it's all preparation and audience. And then how you answer them. Uh, and, and, they, and they pick up on tone of voice. They understand there's inflection in your voice. That, okay, well, he doesn't sound like he, he really believes in this. So you've got, you've got to sell that to the student athlete and their, and their family. Right. When it gets, um, I guess, later on in the process, uh, if, and I don't even know if there is a, a, a communication term that might define this, but towards the end of the relationship, 
when you want a decision. Do you have any kind of communication tips that you could pass along to coaches in terms of generating action or a decision or uh, or, or just you know as as, you, as a coach would start to wrap up the process, what should they what should they do and and where like what communication techniques come into play at that point that may not be applicable or smart to use at the yeah. beginning of the process? Well, I wouldn't I would you know I'm not I wouldn't be privy to a good um, I wouldn't be privy to a good ending sentence like. Right. Now's the time. But what I would do, what I would do is have a great conclusion. If you know it's coming to the end uh, and, it, and it's time to, you know, make a decision, how you important, how you word that. But I would come back with all the strong positives, make a great, great conclusion as to. And, and again, not only citing the statistics, because they're just numbers on paper, whether, you know, good numbers, bad numbers, however you want to present them. But it's how you present the statistics that make it, hmm, you want the, again, you want the student athlete and the family and the parent to kind of step up and go, wow, that's interesting. But it's interesting because how you set it, you know, we have our, our retention rate here in, as student athletes, 88%, 88% of our student athletes stay here and graduate within four years. Did you, so you're using repetition, using voice inflection. It's making people, huh, that's interesting, making them sit up, maybe take notice, think about it a little bit more. Use the strong points. Use your voice and your body to bring the strength of those numbers out. You're certainly not going to talk about the negative numbers, but use a strong conclusion to create some type of, okay, what are you going to do? But you've right. laid it out on the line, and you, you've laid it out to them in a very positive, forceful persuasive way using your voice your inflection your body your your gestures etc cetera, etc cetera. so what are the things that you know, we've, we've sort of tried to cover you know a, a pretty broad range uh, of how to approach it from a communication standpoint in recruiting throughout the process um, give me like two or three things that we didn't cover that you think are just important for coaches to know as they craft a communication plan as they get ready to make the next call what are the things that we haven't touched on or that it hasn't come out yet that you would find valuable for coaches to know well and, and i'm sorry but i am going to repeat myself only because i think it's very sure. very important absolutely absolutely positively 120 percent. even though there's no such thing know <laughs> your craft know what you're selling know your program know your institution know your community there there cannot be any questions that you don't know i mean if you're really in this business to either move up move on make more money etc etc you've got to you've got to know your business you've got to know what's happening on the court you've got to know what's happening at, at the college you've got to know what's happening in the community and you've got to know what's happening in their community and in their life as well the more knowledge you have the easier it is the easier it is for you to talk about it and once you get that knowledge, it's going to be easier for you to sell it. And I hate to use that word because I know we're talking about 18 and 19, 17 and 18 year olds, but you are, you're selling yourself oh, and you're selling your program. So to yeah. say it any other way, you know, it, I, you're hey, a salesperson. Hey, you have sure. to know your, you have to know what you're selling. And, and now how do you bring that to them is the next question, whether it's written or verbally. I, you know, I'm the quote unquote expert in verbal communication, even though I you know, came from the newspaper world. But 
how you present your positives yourself to them is what's to me is so critical in, in today's communication. I just see too much lack of communication verbally uh, that, you know, it just, I kind of sit there and go, really, you really want this? You really want us to believe this? You really want this person to come here? And this is how you're presenting it. Uh. <laughs> Again, it's just pasta without the sauce. So, you know, it's, yeah. So I'll jump in real quick and sure. I'll let you continue as you, as you kind of list those things. But, you you almost kind of tacitly apologized for the, the concept <laughs> of selling to a 17, 18, 19 year old. I, I, mm. My perspective is this is a generation that has grown up being sold to in basically every aspect of their life from the cereal they ate as a kid to the apps that they have on their phone to what type of phone those apps are on. And so they're used to being sold. And actually, I mean, and again, I'd love your comment or thought on this. I would think this generation, and I look at this generation as being one, that if you aren't coming at them in an interesting oh. sort of marketing approached way, they're going to look at you and say, well, pff, you know, that's, you're not as even entertaining as that, you know, YouTube channel I watched last night. And they so got the other bar, places to go real oh, quick. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and it's at the, you know, with the flick of a finger, they're on Just it like and that. they're on their phone. And it seems like the bar has been raised for coaches from from a communication standpoint. Do you agree? I, I absolutely do. And I don't think, and gosh, this is going to be a cheesy sales pitch, but I just don't think enough time and effort is spent on the verbal communication tools that can, quote unquote, sell you and your program. Every We can write all the cards and letters we want. Sooner or later, you're going to be in front of somebody talking to them, right. using your voice. And if it's in person, using your eyes, your hands, your gestures, Etc. Etc. And how much do we train ourselves in that aspect of communication? Hardly, hardly any. I'll be honest with you. Again, getting back to the Catholic Church, and gosh, I can say this because I'm a former altar boy. Okay, so and my wife's in the room; she's probably laughing at me right now. But but this is true. I, I've met with I've met with uh, the seminary, uh, the leader of our seminary locally, and they teach homilistics. They teach how to interpret the gospel. But they don't teach how to preach the gospel, how to talk to the audience in church every Sunday for that 12 or 15 minutes to get them to walk out of church and go, wow, that was powerful. That was great. That was interesting. I now understand what this was all about. He says, no, we don't teach public. We don't teach communication skills like that. And I said, well, you ought to think about that, Father. So, but And that's what I'm getting at in, in this sense. You know, The coaches can write cards. They can write letters. They can text now, et cetera, et cetera. But sooner or later, you're going to be talking to that recruit and that parent and you better be on your a game when it comes time for verbal communication and that's what i'm trying to move forward like good strong verbal communication wow that is such good stuff from our guest tom kohler thank you very much for being on the show if you want to email tom and have him work with your staff or just ask questions it is tom kohler K-O-L-L-E-R at AOL.com. Coach, until next time, we hope this is helpful. Be a great recruiter out there and have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time here on the podcast.